The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The Tigers this past week were swept by the Royals. And now are on the south side of Chicago trying to salvage the series tonight in a doubleheader that will be starting in less than an hour. The Yankees take three of four from the Tribe. And they face Minnesota, and they fall 2 of 3 to the Twinkies. The Reds get swept by the Cardinals, but win a pivotal series against the Dodgers. We'll talk about that. Coming to the tee box from Columbus, Ohio, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Jackets have a hard time in the tornado, second tornado that is the Dallas, Florida, Tampa road trip, but get the win against Detroit. We'll talk about that and we'll look at the NHL playoff standings. Brooke Henderson wins in the LPGA champ LPGA event over across the pond on the west side over in, near Singapore as they're in Singapore to play. And all, but all the eyes are on Northeast Ohio tonight as the 2021 NFL Draft takes place on the shores of the Factory of Sadness, I mean First Energy Stadium in downtown Cleveland. Tonight, we'll preview the draft. You'll hear who I have going in the first round and so much more. The long show tonight. Get the popcorn ready, as T.O. says it best, because apparently I'm T.O., and this is All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span of the Shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go home, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys. And good afternoon to you. And welcome into another edition of all Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however... Wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show tonight as you can be a part of the show always by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. And Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. So welcome into the program. A long show tonight for you guys. A lot to get into. Of course, you'll hear my take on what is happening over in Northeast Ohio tonight as the 2021 NFL Draft will be taking place in the Factory of Sadness, which is First Energy Stadium. We'll talk about 
We'll talk about who I think is going to be going in the first round. As round one coverage tonight starts at 8 o'clock. Also, we'll talk about another factory of sadness, which is 200 West Nationwide Boulevard in Columbus, Ohio, with the Blue Jackets and their terrible way to limp into the end of the season. We'll dive into that. Also, we'll have an Andy Rance for you tonight that is uh, truly a good one tonight as well. And uh, a lot to get into, so welcome into the show. But first and foremost, before we get, I do want to apologize for last week's show, of course, if you listen to the show, and some of you do and some of you don't, of course, I was a little under the weather last week. I was coughing a lot during our during our show, and um, I was in the middle of having a I was in the middle of a cold, and at the time I took my medication right before we went on the air, and I had an adverse reaction to the to the medication, and I just started coughing. I could not catch my breath. My head was was heavy. I was not feeling well, but, uh, you know, that has passed. I feel 100% better. Now I am fully vaccinated. It's been past the two weeks since I've had my last vac- my last vaccination of the Pfizer shot. I am at 100%. I am excited. Cedar Point, here we go. Season's getting ready to start up for that. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to being at the ballpark with you guys for Mud Hens for the Mudhen season, of course, Mudhen opening gate is Tuesday. We will have a special edition of all Andy Elford Tuesday night post game to that, as we will recap the first game back as the Mudhens play the Na- play Nashville six thirty five first pitch. There is still a limited amount of tickets left, but a lot of it's out into the outfield areas. I will say that there is not that much into the infield. So bear in mind on that if you're looking for tickets for that. I know there was a couple of people on Twitter that I was reading about. Uh, I know one as a Corgi page, Josh from in Ohio. Uh, he said he would sell his Corgi for two, a pair of tickets for opening day. Uh, I appreciate the offer, but there's um, uh, there's no way. Uh, and I'm not actually going to be going to opening day because. We're having a special edition Tuesday night of All Andy L for Wednesday. We will have a taped, we will tape a portion of our show down in Columbus. We're going to try to get to talk to some of you, the Blue Jacket fans, to feel your reaction on this season for this team as we are f- heading down to the final four game at that time, final two games of the season as they play, will play Detroit at the end of the season, Friday and Saturday. Uh, they'll play Nashville on this upcoming Wednesday this upcoming Wednesday, and we will be at Nationwide Arena for that game to see the Jackets for the first time this season. So uh, there's your housekeeping news and notes to pass along to you guys, of course, tonight. But uh, before we begin, uh, I mean, we're already in the start of it, so let's hit the diamond. And the Tigers could not get a win against the Royals, but they are finding a way to probably beat one of the teams that are probably going to be in either the wild card or win the American League Central. So the Tigers took on the Kansas City Royals in a four-game series last weekend, which started off Friday night at Comerica Park, and the Tigers falling to the Kansas City Royals by a score of 6-2 in the game. It was Mize with the loss, he goes to 1-2 and two with a 5.23 ERA minor. The win, he gets he improves his record now to 2-1 with a 4.64 ERA. Benintendi homering for the, for the Royals, his first of the season, 
Also with O'Haran, who is his first of the season. Robbie Grossman homering for the Tigers, his second of the season. For Mize in the game, he went four and two-thirds innings, giving up seven hits, six runs. All six runs were earned. One, uh, one strikeout, three walks, and he gave up those two home runs in the game. For the Royals, it was minor with the win. He went five and two-thirds innings giving up four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, a total of nine strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Robbie Grossman as the Royals getting a 6-3 win, 6-2 win, excuse me, over the Detroit Tigers. And then on Saturday, the Tigers falling again to the Royals by a count of 2-1. Singer of the win, he goes to 1-2 and two with a 2.95 ERA. Uh, Matthew Boyd, the loss, he goes to 2-2 two and two with a 1.82 ERA. Stuman gets the save, his first of the season. Willie Castro homering for the Tigers in the game for the Tigers. Boy, a solid start, eight innings strong, three hits, two runs. One run was earned, no walk, three strikeouts in the game. For Singer, he went seven innings strong, three pit, three hits, one run. That run was earned, one walk, eight strikeouts for one home run hit in the game. Time of the game, two hours, 10 minutes, 8,000 in attendance on a Saturday afternoon at Comerica Park. A good game in all aspects. And then Sunday, the concluding game of the series, Sunday's game, excuse me, third game of the series, as Kansas City blanks the Tigers by a score of 4 to nothing. In this game, Danny Duffy gets the win. He goes to 3-1 with a .39 earned run average. Uh, Scoble the loss, he goes to 0-3 with a 5.21 ERA. Uh, Dozier homering for the Royals, his second of the season. For the Tigers in the game, it was Michael Fulmer starting, and he had a rough outing, three innings pitch, one hit, no runs, no earned, two walks, two strikeouts. He did not give up a home run. Scoble did get the loss. He pitched two and two-thirds innings, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, no walks, three strikeouts, the one home run he gave up in the game for the Royals in that affair. It was Danny Duffy going five innings, four hits, no runs, none earned, no walks, a total of eight strikeouts, his ERA a point three nine on Sunday afternoon. The concluding game on Monday saw the Tigers falling three to two and giving Kansas City their first sweep since a first four-game sweep of a team since 1994. That tells you a lot about how how inconsistency the Royals were. As the Royals getting a 3-2 win, all powered by Carlos Santana's home run, his fifth of the season. As it was Jacob Turnbull getting the loss, excuse me, Spencer Turnbull the loss. He goes to 1-1 one one with a 3.27 ERA. Keller the win, he goes to 2-2 two two with a 9 ERA. Stumont the save, his second of the season. Four Turnbull for the Tigers in the game. He went six innings, five hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, no walks, five strikeouts in the game. He gave up the home run to Carlos Santana. For the Royals in the game, it was Keller going six innings strong, eight hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, and four strikeouts in the game. So the Tigers fall and get swept by the Royals by a score of 3-2. to two. Now they are on the south side of Chicago. And we look at Tuesday's game, and the Tigers getting a big win against the, the White Sox. And the White Sox are a team that I think could win the American League Central and possibly also could, if, if the way that Kansas City is built right now, if they run the table, which I doubt that they will because it's Kansas City, folks. 
You can't ever trust the Kansas City Royals. They always fall towards the end of the season. The Tigers getting a big win and beating Giolito was a big move for the Detroit Tigers in this game. And Cabby going deep, his second of the season, coming back from the IR. It's good to see Miguel Cabrera homering in the game, his second of the season. Nico Goodrum homering his third of the campaign. Jonathan Scope homering his second of the season. As it was the Tigers getting a big 5-2 win on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Giolito, the loss, he goes to 1-2 and two with a 5.68 ERA. Herrera, the win, he goes to 1-3 with a 3.77 ERA. Uh, Soto, the save, his third of the season for the Tigers in this game. Herrera going 7 innings, 7 hits, 2 runs. That one run was earned, though, however. 3 walks and 2 strikeouts in the game. Soto finishing up in the ninth inning, one inning, one inning pitch, and straight ERA of a 3.38 ERA. Giolito, six and two-thirds, five hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned. Three walks, seven strikeouts. He gave up two home runs in the game. So the Tigers getting a big win on Tuesday night. Unfortunately, the rain could not help out the Tigers as they were postponed yesterday afternoon. So now we have a double header today. It is a 5-10 first pitch for this one. As it will be two seven-inning straight games of baseball today on the south side at Guarantee Rate Field. As it will be starting up here in a few mere moments here. As it will be Casey Mize on the hill. He's 1-2 with a 5.23 ERA. He'll take on Rondon who has the no-hitter. He is 3-0 with a .47 ERA. He, he uh, um, threw the no-hitter against the Cleveland Indians looking at the lineups for today. It'll be Grossman, Candel- Jamer Candelario, Miguel Cabrera batting in the third spot, Jonathan Scope batting cleanup at four, Nico Goodrum batting fifth, Wilson Ramos batting sixth, Victor Reyes batting seventh, Grayson Griner batting eighth, and Jacoby Jones batting ninth for the Tigers. For the White Sox, it, for the Pale Holes, it will be Tim Anderson leading off, batter, then by Adam Eaton, then Johan Moncada. Jose Abreu will be cleaning up today, batting in the fourth spot today. Jake Lamb batting fifth. Andrew Vaughn batting sixth. Zach Collins batting seventh. Billy Hamilton, the former Red, batting eighth and playing center field. And batting ninth, it will be Luis Garcia playing second base. He is a switch hitter. That will be the lineup today at 5-10. First pitch today. And then the second game, the Second half of the doubleheader will be Boyd on the hill, 2-2 two two with a 1.82 ERA. He'll take on Cease, who has no pitching record as of yet, but an ERA of a 4.15. That game will be played 30 minutes after the concluding of the first game at US Cellular, at former U.S. Cellular Field, now guarantee rate field. The Tigers then will head to the Bronx to battle the Yankees in a big three-game series starting up on Friday, 7.05 first pitch for that one. It will be Scoble on the hill, 0-3 with a 5.21 ERA. He'll take on the ace of the Yankees staff, Garrett Cole, who's 3-1 with a 1.71 ERA. The game Saturday afternoon, 105 first pitch, it will be Spencer Turbo on the hill. He is 1-1 with a 3.27 ERA. He'll take on Talion, who is 0-2 with a 6.23 ERA, 105 first pitch for that one. In the Bronx, the concluding game on Sunday sees Herrera on the hill 1-3 with a 3.77 ERA. He'll take on the former Indian uh, former Indian head of the staff, 
Corey Kluber, who's 1-2 this season with a 4.15 ERA. Saturday and Sunday's games, 105 first pitches. Friday night's game, a 705 first pitch. And then the day off on Monday the 3rd, the Jack... Uh, the Tigers then will go to Boston to battle the Red Sox for a three-game series before returning home to battle the Twins in a three-game series. And a long homestand coming up for the Tigers. It will be three against the Twins, a day off, three against the Royals again, and then three against the Cubs. And speaking of the Yankees, who the Tigers will face next after this series against the White Sox, they were on the lake taking on the Indians this past weekend in a big Four big four-game series, seeing the Indians getting only one win out of that. So that's right, the Yankees taking three of four and getting themselves back into the playoff pitcher. The Yankees on Thursday night, a big win against the Tribe with a 6-3 win over the the uh, the Cleveland Indians. It was Jermon, the win, he goes to 1-2 one, one and two with a 6.23 ERA. Wingarden, the loss, he goes to 0-1. With a 10.13 ERA, that is going to hurt, folks, to see that happen. Uh, Chapman, Aronis Chapman coming in for the save, his third of the season. Uh, Nagora homering for the Yankees, his third of the season. In the game, the Indians' starting pitcher was Savali. He went five in a third innings, four hits, three runs, two of which were earned, four walks, six strikeouts. In the game for the Yankees, it was Jermon starting. He went six innings strong, seven hits, three runs, two of which were earned, one walk, six strikeouts in the game. And then we get to Friday's game and sees that the Indians getting a somewhat of a rallying point as they lost the game 5-3 to three to the Yankees. Trying to get their footing against the Yankees is a big thing, but then giving up a total of four home runs against Murder's Row is a lot. You can't really can't do anything about it. And that's where the long ball came. It was a long ball game for the Yankees as uh, John Carlos Stanton having his fourth and fifth home runs of the season, propelling the Yankees to a 5-3 win over the Cleveland Indians. It was Lurge the win. He goes to 1-0 with a 4.97 ERA. It was... It was Allen, Logan Allen, the loss. He goes to one in three with a with a six point two eight ERA. Chapman the save again, his fourth of the day. Aaron Hicks homering his second. Odor his second. And like I mentioned, Stanton homering twice in the game. His fourth and fifth of the season. As the Yankees beat up on the Indians by a score of five to three in the game. The Indians. It was Allen. He only lasted two and a third innings, giving up five hits, four runs. All four were earned. One walk and one strikeout, giving up three long balls in the game. Uh, Montgomery starting for the Yankees. He went four and two-thirds innings, four hits, three runs. All three runs were earned, three walks, five strikeouts. ZRA is a 4.57 ERA. You get to Saturday's game, and, the, and this was the game... I told you to circle and to watch, and boy, howdy, it was a dandy of a ball game over at the corner of Carnegie in Ontario in Cleveland, Ohio. It was Garrett Cole versus Shane Beaver, a great pitching matchup, and it was a low-scoring game, and Garrett Cole getting the better of the Indians in this game as it was the Yankees beating the Indians by a score of 2-1 to as it was 
two runs in the fifth inning to give the Yankees the win. Indians jumped out to an early 1-0 lead, but the Yankees come back in the top half of the fifth and just beat up on the Indians by a score of 2-1. to one. Aaron Hicks homering and Odor homering, the two home runs, the two runs given up in the game by the Indians. Hicks his third, Odor his third as the Indians fall 2-1 to one to the New York Yankees. In the game, Shane Bieber, a gem of a pitching outlet. He went seven innings, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, three walks, nine strikeouts in the game for Shane Bieber. For Garrett Cole, he went seven innings as well, three hits, one run. That run was earned, no walks, 11 strikeouts against the Indians. His ERA, a 1.71. The concluding game on Sunday sees the Indians getting the better half of the series and try to stop the bleeding so and so as the Yankees fall to the Indians by a score of seven to three it was uh, uh, Reyes homering in the game it was his fifth of the season propelling the Indians to a big seven to three win over the Yankees Urshela homering his third Ford also getting his first of the season as it was Herridge's getting the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 3.38 ERA. Talon, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with a 6.23 ERA. Uh, it was McKenzie starting for the Indians in the game. He went four innings strong, four hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, four walks, five strikeouts. He did give up those two home runs, like I mentioned before, to Urshela and Ford. For the Yankees in the game, it was... It was Talon starting. He went four innings, five hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned. No walks, six strikeouts. He did give up the home run to Reyes on Sunday afternoon at a time of three hours and seven minutes, six, 8,766 at Progressive Field. Watched the game, and then the Indians then welcomed in the Minnesota Twins, and they get a big two out of three out of the Twins as the Twins fall fall on Monday night by a score of 5-3 to three to the Indian team. Extra frame. Chase the win. He goes to 2-1 and one with a 0 ERA. Cologne the loss. He goes to 1-3 with a 6.75 ERA. Uh, Rooker homering for the Twins. His first of the year. Jose Ramirez his fifth. And Jordan Lupo hitting the walk-off game-winning home run. The first one of the season for the, for the Indians. His sixth home run of the season. Looking at the box score in this game for the Indians, it was... Uh, Plesak starting for the Tribe. He went seven and two-thirds innings, five hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, one walk, four strikeouts, and one home run hit in the game. For the Twins, it was Barros starting five and two-thirds innings, five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, one walk, three strikeouts, no home runs hit in the game. So he gets the loss, a blown save to Duffy in this game as well. You get to Tuesday's game as the Twins getting a big set. Uh, twins falling to the Indians 7-4. to four. Jose Ramirez continuing his, his swing. His sixth home run of the season. And Reyes getting two in the game. For, uh, uh, for me, Reyes, his sixth and seventh home runs of the season. And then Medea getting the loss as he goes to 1-2 and two with a 6.56 ERA. Buxton homering for the Twins, his 7th of the season. As Cervelli for the Indians getting the win, he goes to 4-0 and oh with a 2.94 ERA. 
Uh, Krenchak getting the save, his second save of the season. For the Indians in the game, it was Cervelli, seven and two-thirds innings, eight hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, no walks, four strikeouts, and one home run he gave up, and that was the Bruxton home run. For the Twins, it was Medina starting. He went five and two-thirds innings, eight hits, five runs. Those five runs were earned, no walks, three strikeouts. He had given up three, all three home runs from Reyes, sixth and seventh of the season, and Jose Ramirez, his sixth of the season. Unfortunately, yesterday, the Indians could not get the sweep. They take two of three from the Twins as the Twins pounded the Indians by a score of 10 to 2. And it was a home run fest for the Twins on YouTube yesterday afternoon. Buxton, his eighth. Donaldson, his second. Polanco, his first of the season. Uh, Astoro, his second of the season. And Gerver getting two home runs hit in the game, his third and fourth of the season. Rosario did homer for the Indians, his second of the season, but it was a 10-2 win for the Twins. As Hap gets the win for the Twins, he's now 2-0 with a 1.96 ERA. Logan Allen falls, gets another loss in his column. He goes to 1-4 with a 9.19 ERA as the Twins beat the Indians by a score of 10-2. For Allen in the game, he only lasted an inning and a third. That is just terrible outing. Five hits, six runs. He gives up all six are earned. One walk, one strikeout. He gives up three home runs in the game. Stefan came in in relief. He went an inning and two-thirds, giving up two runs. One run was earned. Two, one run, one run was earned. One strikeout, two, one, one walk, excuse me, two strikeouts, and one home run. In the game, and the Indians could not get anything going. Uh, Hap gets the win for the Twins. He went seven innings, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk, three strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Rosario. As the Indians fall, 10-2 to two to the Twins. Take two of three from the Twins and lose three of four to the Yankees. Now a day off, and then they will head to the south side of Chicago for a three-game series against the White Sox, which will start tomorrow at 8-10, as it will be Shane Bieber on the hill, 2-2 two two with a 2.48 ERA. He will take on uh, Keuchel, who is 1-0 with a 4.32 ERA. It will be an 8-10 start time for that one. Saturday's game, a 4.05 first pitch. The Indians have not yet named a starter for that one, but it will be Lynn on the hill for the White Sox. He's 1-1 with a .92 ERA. 405 first pitch for that one. The concluding game Sunday sees that sees Giolito on the hill one and two with a 5.68 ERA. The Indians have not yet named a starter for that game this upcoming week. So they have three against the White Sox, and they'll go to Kansas City for four straight before returning home to battle the Cincinnati Reds for a three-game series for the Ohio Cup. And then there'll be two quick games against the against the Cubs before they head to the West Coast for four against Seattle and three against the Angels. And speaking of the Reds, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. A huge win this past week. Well, let's talk about last weekend and a huge loss and a huge sweep against the Reds by the baseball team known as the St. Louis Cardinals. And let's talk about the big series between the Cardinals and the Reds in the senior circuit as the Reds fell on Friday afternoon against the Cardinals by a score of 5-4. to four. It was Kim getting the win. He goes to 1-0 with a 4.15 ERA. Sonny Gray, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 7.88 ERA. Uh, Al Reyes getting the save, his fourth save of the season. Uh, it was homers from Nick Castellanos, 
coming back and silencing the crowd at Bush Stadium. His seventh of the season, and then it was Yadier Molina homering for the Cardinals, his fifth of the season, as it propelled. The Reds had three runs into the ninth inning to try to salvage the win, and they could not do it, as it was five runs between the first and second inning, between the second and third inning, one run in the second, four in the third, as it was the Cardinals beating up on the Reds by a score of five to four on Friday evening in the game. By the way, it was Sonny Gray going three and two thirds innings, six hits, five runs, all which were earned, three walks, six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Yadier Molina for the Cardinals. It was Kim going five and two thirds, five hits, one run. That run was earned, no walks, eight strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Nick Castellanos. So you look at Saturday's game. And the Reds got shut out by the Cardinals by a score of two to nothing. It was Gant the the win for the Cardinals. He goes to one and two with a two point two five ERA. Miley the loss. He goes to two and two with a two point four five ERA. Galos the save his first of the season. No home runs hit in the game by either team for the Reds. It was Miley going six innings strong, five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. Two walks, two strikeouts, no home runs given up in the game. For the Cardinals, it was Gant going six innings, three hits, no runs, none of which were earned. Two walks, five strikeouts in the game. Then you get to Sunday's game of the series, and the Reds falling to the Cardinals and being swept in Brewtown in, in St. Louis, by in Baseball Town, USA, by a score of 5-2. to two. Jesse Winkler continuing his hitting streak, by the way. He hit... He's been hitting safely for a while in this series against the Cardinals. He homered in the game, his fourth of the season. O'Neal homering twice for the Cardinals in the game. His second and third of the season, as it was one run in the first, one run in the second, two runs in the fifth, and one run in the eighth for the Cardinals. For the Reds, it was one run in the seventh, one run in the eighth inning. Of that one, then Flaherty gets the win. He goes to four and zero with a three point one eight ERA. Luis Castillo, the loss. He goes to one and two with a six point two nine ERA. Uh, Alreas getting the save, his fifth of the season for the Reds in the game. Castillo five innings pitch, six runs, four six hits, four runs, four run, all four runs were earned. One walk, three strikeouts. He gave up the two home runs in the game. And for the Cardinals in the game, it was Flaherty, seven innings strong, three hits, one run. That run was earned. No walks, six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Jesse Winkler as the Reds fall to the Cardinals in three straight games in Baseball Town, USA, St. Louis, Missouri. They Ned now head to the West Coast for a big three-game series against the Dodgers, and they come out swinging in game one of the series, a huge game, in my opinion, a huge series early on. Now, the Dodgers were just coming off the series against the Padres, which was a very emotional series for this team because those two teams are battling each other out for the for the NL West. And I think it's going to be a toss-up between the two teams. It's going to see who's going to win out. And I love watching the, these two go at it. I really do. I love the whole Bauer versus... Uh, the whole Bauer situation, and I, I, I just think it's fantastic for the game of baseball of how good this rivalry is between San Diego and 
the Dodgers. And it helped the Reds out tremendously, if I do say so myself. As the Reds getting a big extra inning win by a score of 5-3 to three as they scored two runs in the 10th inning to propel their win over the Dodgers by a score of 5-3. to three. Winkler, again, continuing his hitting streak. He homers in the game. His fifth of the season. Corey Seager homering for the Dodgers, his fourth of the year. Anton, the win, he goes to 1-0 and with a six point. With a .66 ERA. Kalen Jansen, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 2.61 ERA. Winkler, like I mentioned, his fifth home run. Corey Seager, his fourth home run of the season. It was Malley starting for the Red Legs. He went five innings, four run, uh, five innings, five hits, one run. That run was earned two walks and five strikeouts in the game. For the Dodgers, it was Uris starting. He went five innings, four hits, Three runs, those three runs were earned. Two walks, six strikeouts, no home runs given up in the game. The Winkler home run was hit in the extra frame in the 10th inning by Kaling Jensen, who gets the loss. He goes, he went an inning pitch, one hits, two runs. That one run was earned, one walk, one strikeout, the one home run. His ERA, a 2.61. So the big win on Monday night for the Red Legs, and it propelled them to a win on Tuesday, as they come from behind again in the top of the seventh inning, Joey Votto connects, brings in the run, brings in two big runs, insurance runs, as Votto delivers again, and the Reds getting a 6-5 win at Dodger Stadium. Hendricks, the win, he goes to 1-0 and with a 0 ERA. Alexander, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with a 2.79 ERA. Doolittle, the save, his first of the season. Winkler, again, homering his sixth of the season. Smith homering for the Dodgers, his third of the season. You look at the line for this one to on Tuesday night. As it was Hoffman. Starting for the Red Lakes, he went four innings, one run, that one hit, three runs, all three were earned, five walks, three strikeouts, the one home run he gave up in the game. De Leon comes in, pitches strong, he went an inning and two-thirds, three hits, two runs, and again, it was Joey Votto coming in the clutch, in the strong patch, again, and it was Hendricks shutting, shutting down. When they needed to. A, a, a third of an inning pitch. He gets one walk. And he gets the win. Unbelievable. And Sean Doolittle. An inning pitch. One strikeout. Doesn't give him anything. And he gets the save. The Dodgers. It was Bueller. 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 Starting for the. The Dodgers, six in the third inning, seven hits, five runs, which all five were earned. One walk, ten strikeouts. The one home run he gave up to Winkler. His ERA is now a 3.16 ERA. And then the concluding game of the series was yesterday afternoon in beautiful Chavez Ravine. And the Dodgers getting the better of the Reds by a score of 8 to nothing. As You know, I, I didn't think they were going to win this the series. I, I really didn't think they were going to win the series, but they win the series. I didn't think they were going to get sweep the series because of who was on the hill yesterday, and that was Clayton Kershaw. And he was j- dealing yesterday afternoon. 
and he gets the win. He goes to four and two with a two point zero nine ERA. Sonny Gray, the loss, he now goes to zero and two with a five point three nine ERA. Turner homering his sixth of the season for the Dodgers in the game. It was Kershaw who went a total of seven innings, four hits, no runs, none earned, one walk, eight strikeouts. His ERA now a 2.09 ERA in the game. Uh, on the other side of the coin, Sonny Gray, five and two-thirds innings, hits, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, three walks, 11 strikeouts for Sonny Gray yesterday. He gave up the home run to Turner as the Reds fall two to, by a score of eight to nothing to the Dodgers. They are off today. They will welcome in the Chicago Cubs for a three-game series starting tomorrow night at Great America Ballpark. The Cubs have not yet named the starter, but it will be Wade Miley on the hill. 2-2 two and two with the 2.45 ERA, 7-10 first pitch at Great America Ballpark. On Saturday, a 4-10 start time. The uh, Cubs have not yet named the starter for that one, but it will be Luis Castillo for the Reds. He's 1-2 and two with a 6.29 ERA. The concluding game on Sunday sees uh, Malley on the hill for the Reds. He's 1-1 one one with a 1.75 ERA. The Cubs have not yet named starters for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's game. And then they will have a day off on Monday, the Reds, before they welcome in the White Sox for a quick two-game series before they head to Cleveland to finish the Ohio Cup. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into today's play in the central division right now the Royals running away right now at 15 and 8 with a 6.52 winning percentage they're 7 and 3 in their last 10 the White Sox are 12 and 10 with a two two and a half games out of first place winning percentage of a point five four five the Indians with their lo- with their loss yesterday afternoon they are now 11 and 12 under five game under 500 with a 4.75 percentage they're four games out of first place. The Twins are 8-15, and 3.48 percentage. They are seven games out of first place. And the Tigers are 8-16, and 16, seven and a half games out of first place. Their percentage is a .33. In the East, Boston surprisingly is, running, is winning the division right now at 16-9 with a 6.40 ERA. The, the Rays are thir- at 500 at 13 and 13.500. They are three and a half games out of first place. The Blue Jays are 11 and 12. 4.78 is their percentage. They are four games out of first place. The Orioles and the Yankees are tied for last place at 11 and 14. Both teams five games out of first place. Both teams' percentages is a .440. In the West, it is the A's at 16 and 10 with a .615 percentage. It is then the Mariners who are 14 and 12 with a 5.38 winning percentage two games out of first place the angels are 12 and 11 5.22 they're two and a half games out of first place the trash cans i mean the houston astros are 13 and 12 5.520 is their winning percentage they're two and a half games out of first place and then the texas rangers are 10 and 15 4.400 they're five and a half games out of first place on the senior circuit in the East is the Atlanta Braves at 500 at 12 and 12.500. The Phillies are 12 and 13. They're 0. .480. They're a half game out of first place. So the Mets are 9 and 10. Their, their percentage right now is a 4.74, which then gives them only a half a game out of first place. The Marlins are 11 and 13, 0. .458. They're one game out of first place. And the Nationals are 9 and 12 with a .425. 
one and a half games out of first place. And I say the percentages because that's how close that these game these teams are, especially early on in the season. We haven't hit the 30-day mark on this year, but we're kind of seeing where this where the season's laying out right now. So that's why we're going through this right now. Uh, in the central, it is the Brew Crew leading the division at 14 and 10, a .583 percentage. It is St. Louis only a game and a half out of first place at 13 and 12 with a .520 percentage. They're six and four in their last 10. The Pirates are at 500 at 12 and 12.500. They're at two games out of first place. The Red Lakes with their big two of three out of the Dodgers are 11 and 13, a .5458, three games out of first place. They're two and eight in their last ten, and then the Cubs are in last place at ten and fourteen. Four games out of first place, their percentage is up point four seven ERA. And then you get to the West, and this is why I say these. This is a one of the best divisions I think in all of Major League Baseball. I really, really do. The Dodgers are in first place at sixteen and nine, a point six four zero ERA. They lost two or three to the to the Reds. San Francisco is tied in first place at 16 and 9 with a .640 percentage. They're tied for first place with the Dodgers. San Diego is 14 and 12. They're two and a half games out of first place. Their percentage is a .538. Arizona's at 500 at 12 and 12. .500, three and a half games out of first place. And Colorado is 9 and 15, 3.375. They're six and a half games out of first place and uh, news and notes are also around the major league baseball season it's going to be a uh, Corbin Burns is going to be out on the looks like it's going to be a 30-day DL with the with the brew crew um surprising thing if you haven't seen the video yet uh Anthony Rizzo pitching to Freddie Freeman he he strikes out Freddie Freeman and both guys are just laughing about it so well uh Bryce Harper taking taking a pitch to the face last night at 97 miles per hour. He's gonna be okay. They were playing the uh, the Cardinals last night, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Of course, like I mentioned before, the the uh, Mud Hens are back in action. We will have a special post game edition of Opening Day coverage for you on Tuesday night. Right here on All Andy Elford, we will recap opening day for the for the Mudheads as they take on Nashville, as they will play at 6:35, first pitch at Fifth Third Field, the first Mudhead game in over a year, over excuse me, over two years to take place at Fifth Third Field. Looking forward to seeing the crowd, seeing how they're going to react to the new to the new surroundings and how the new how they're going to react to the new. Uh, configuration of seating and the seating pod situation. So we'll see how that all works out. And um, for your all your coverage about the Mud Hens this upcoming season, you want to listen to all Andy Alfred is. Starting next week, we will have two shows. It'll be Tuesday, and we'll be taping a show Wednesday afternoon. We'll be taping a show Wednesday night, and we'll take a portion of the Wednesday show, and we'll add it to the. Thursday night show, which we'll have right here on the All Andy Alford Network. And you're listening to us right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher. However you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's head down to the Factory of Status. I mean, 200 West Nationwide Boulevard, and let's let's give you the Jackets report.
It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. Well, it's time for the Jackets Report right here, and it has been the factory of sadness for the Jackets as of late. Jackets finishing up the tornado road trip as they were in Florida, and they were swept by the Panthers two straight. And Now they head into Tampa that battled the Lightning, and the Lightning getting the better of the Jackets in the opening game of the series as the Jackets fall 3-1 to one to the to the Tampa Bay Lightning. In the game, it was started off with Seth Jones getting a shot from on the power play, beating Curtis McElhaney. It was 1-0 Jackets from Oliver Bjorkstrand and Patrick Liney, and that was all the offense the Jackets could muster. It was Coleman, his ninth of the season in the second period, tying it up at 1, and then Oliver Platt, his 13th of the season, getting a 2-1 lead lead in the eventual game winner and then Coleman getting the empty netter giving them a 3-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets in the game the Jackets were outshot by the Lightning the defending Stanley Cup champions 28 to 25 on the faceoff dot the the Lightning were 65% to Columbus's 45% on the dot Jackets 1 for 1 on the power play uh Tampa 0 for 3 the Jackets were out hit in the game 26-25. to They did have 15 blocks to Tampa's four. The three stars of the game were Blake Coleman, the number three star, uh, Dave Platt, the number two star, my apologies on his name, and Curtis McElhaney, the former Jacket goaltender, getting the number one star as the Jackets fall in the game. By the way, it was it was Elvis Merce Lincoln stopping 25 of 27 to save percentage of a point. 9-2-6 for McElhaney. He stopped 24 or 25. His save percentage of 0.960. So then the Jackets then waited two days and then they played on national television on NBCSN. A good game for the Jackets in some aspects of it, but they fall in overtime by a score of 4-3 to three to the Lightning. Hedman scores 10 seconds into the overtime, by the way. I will make mention of that right off the bat. And, you know, the, it felt like the Jackets gave up on that game. It really did at the end of that. And they have uh, really stepped up to the plate. And uh, the bad thing was, I think we've seen the last of Jonas Corposalo. Corposalo leaves the game with a lower body injury. He is now out for the remainder of the season. The Jackets fall in overtime by a score of 4-3. to three. Uh, Platt getting his 14th st- and starting the scoring off for Tampa Bay. His 14th of the season for Braden Point was 1-0. Tampa for 4. Mikhail Grigorenko getting his third of the season from Vladislav Gabrikov and Miko Lettinen tying the game at 1 apiece at the 17-16 mark of the first period. Before then, Eric Robinson t- taking the Jackets to the lead. His sixth of the season from Oliver Bjorkstrand and Max Domi. And it was 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. The Jackets felt like they had some momentum, but that momentum slipped into the second period as it was Joseph, his 12th of the season from Point and Palat, tying the game at two apiece. And then after 40 minutes, and then Eric Robinson getting his seventh goal of the season, 
giving the Jackets a 3-2 lead only 53, 55 seconds into the third period on the wrist shot. And the Jackets were holding strong at 3-2 until the with 2.41 in the third period as it was uh, Barrett Berlon getting his first of the season from Palette and Hedman on the power play, giving the 3-3 draw. And then it was Victor Hedman, his ninth of the season in overtime, beating beating the Jackets. And the Jackets fall to Tampa and get swept in Tampa by a score of 4-3. to In the game, the Lightning outshot the Jackets 34-22. Both teams were 50% on the faceoff dot. Uh, Tampa was 1-for-4 on the power play. Columbus 0-for-1. Uh, the Jackets out hitting the Lightning in the game 17-16. They outblocked them 14-10 in the game. The Jackets had 5 shots in the first, 5 shots in the second, 12 shots in the third. They didn't even get anything in the overtime because they gave up the goal within 10 seconds of the game. Uh, Palat, the number 3 star. Alex Barrett-Baron, the number 2 star. And Victor Hedman, the number 1 star in the the game. If you look at the stand, look at the the scoring. It was Corpusal. He stopped 23 of 26 before he was injured. He saved percentage of a point 85. Merzlinkis comes in, stops seven of eight. His save percentage is a point 875 for Tampa in the game. It was Andres Vasilevsky stopping 19 of 22. His save percentage of a point 864. So the Jackets fall, and they basically. Prove to us that the season is done. They're done. It's been done for a while because they're now in dead last in the Central Division. They then played Tuesday night against the Detroit Red Wings. And I thought this was a game that, you know, could be a high-scoring game. It really should have been a high-scoring game for the Jackets. But it was a goaltending masterpiece between Elvis Merzlinkins and Thomas Grice. I think that's what really... Stood out. Both guys get a, getting a shutout, but Merzlink is making 41 saves in the game and getting the number one overall star as they win in a shootout by a score of one to nothing and ending the skid. Nobody scores in the game. It was if you look at the shootout references. Uh, that's uh, looking at the shootout references right now. Detroit was over two in the shootout. It was the Jackets were two for three in the shootout. Line A and Bjorkstrand with the game winner, giving them the one to nothing win. The stats look like this: the Red Wings shot forty, had forty-one shots on net to Columbus's thirty-three. Detroit had fifty, was leading at fifty-two percent of the faceoff that to Columbus's forty-eight. Both teams were over on the power play. The Jackets only had four minutes in penalties in the game. The Red Wings out hit the Jackets 16 to 11, and they outblocked the Jackets 16 to 6 in the game. Shot totals looked like this: Columbus had 16 in the first to Detroit's 13 in the second. Detroit had 14 shots. Columbus had seven, and then in the third, both teams had nine shots on power play, on nine shots on goal. In overtime, Detroit had five shots on net to Columbus's one. That gives you the total of 41 to 33. So the Jackets getting a win. That's you know it's good to see the Jackets getting a win. They're going to play tough. Uh, Atkinson said it best in the 
in, in, a, in a quote that him and Seth and a lot of the veterans are going to play for these final few games to play for the fans and play for a strong end to the season. So hopefully, you know, we get a good game next Wednesday when we go down to Nationwide to see the Jackets play the Nashville Predators because Nashville's still in it. And I, I like to see the Jackets be a, somewhat of a spoiler in these final these final five games of the final five games of the season, they will play again on Saturday after evening. Their final road game of the season, they'll play in Carolina, seven o'clock puck drop for that one. Then Monday they are at home against Nashville. Wednesday we will be at Nationwide Arena, seven o'clock puck drop as they'll play the Predators, and they'll finish the season on the seventh and eighth against a back to back against the Detroit Red Wings, and then we get we start the questioning. We start the Question: Will Torts be back? Who's going to be saved from the expansion draft, and who's going to be there? Uh, who's going to be the captain for next year? Will Nick Foligno come back? We don't know. We just don't know. The season has been a tough season for us Jacket fans, and you know the first this will be a first time that we're not going to have playoff hockey in the last five years, and it's going to be difficult. But we can get through it. Well, we'll get through it together, and. Uh, We'll see better days ahead, and hopefully how good this team looks young-wise, there's a strong possibility that we could be back next year. And Kekalina said the best, this is a reload, not a rebuild. So hopefully he's right. It's a, re, it's a reload, not a rebuild. But we'll see how that all shakes out. Looking at some news and notes from around the NHL for you guys today, of course, the big one I want to talk about today, well, we'll give you some news first and foremost. Carter Hart from the from the Philadelphia Flyers is out for the remaining, remainder of the season uh, with a knee injury. It looks like also, so he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Flyers were not going to be in it. We'll get to the standings here in just a second. Uh, it was also announced today that Ryan Miller, the winningest goaltender for, in U.S., U.S. born goaltender in the NHL in NHL history is set to retire. He's going to play his final few games with the Anaheim Ducks. So good career, former Michigan State goaltender. Good to see that. Uh, Matt Barzell is going to be is fine for his actions in the Islanders game over the Capitals with the the high hit, of course. And. Uh, but the but the big news I wanted to talk about today is the contract signing. Um, it was announced yes, it was announced on when Tuesday night that Turner Sports has purchased is the second partner of of the NHL with regarding of playing games on television, and I think this is a tremendous agreement. I really do. I really really do. And. Um, it's a sign through the 27-28 season. This is going to be a huge deal. This is worth in the range of about 83 to 84 billion dollars. Now, I say that because you combine the TV, the Turner Sports and the ESPN, that is a lot of money. And that also means this also means, folks, that the salary cap is going to go up. It is now at 79.5 million dollars is going to go up. $79.5 million is now going to go up to $86.3 million. So another nine to ten million, another eight to nine million dollars that teams will get a revenue for because of this. And that is a great sign for players to get re-signed, bringing in new talent, bringing in fresh talent, renegotiating contracts. Then this TV deal is huge. It is huge. 
with regarding the NHL. It is huge. Him. I didn't really like that the fact that Tuesday night, uh, the NHL was being made fun of by Charles Barkley, by Dwayne Wade, and by the the other chick from uh, from NBA on T TNT. Um, you know, Charles Barkley likes hockey. He does like hockey. He likes the Blackhawks. He likes he likes a lot of teams. Um, I I I like the fact that the Jackets sent him a jersey with his last with the last name and the number thirty four, which he used to wear with the Phoenix Suns. Um, I hope that they go after some talent for the coverage, and the games are going to be on TBS and TNT. And I'm thinking of this way, okay? So you'll have Monday nights, Monday probably Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And a possible Sunday for games on ESPN. Then you would have, I mean, those games on TBS or TNT. And then you have Tuesday, Thursday, possibly Friday, and and Sun and Saturday be on NBC on on C on ESPN slash ABC. And ABC gets the contract for the Stanley Cup Finals in 22, 24. 26 and 28 and Turner will get the the cup in 23, 25 and 27. So that is great to see that there'll be hockey on that on that side of things. But when I heard Turner Sports signing the contract, I thought also you know, Turner Sports is the, in the comfortness of CBS and True TV and everything like that. So maybe I was thinking maybe we could get more games. But it just looks like it's going to be TBS and TNT. So I'm fine with that. And I hope like I said they bring in talent and I think they should re- they should go after Don Cherry. I think that would be a blockbuster move if Turner Sports can wrap up Don Cherry as an analyst for in their studio production because he is a great hockey inside, in my opinion. And I really think that Don should be on there. I mean, he gets run out by the Canadian government and the Canadian people because of the you people comment. And now... Now there's an opportunity for him to make a statement in the U.S. And everybody in the U.S. likes him from Boston, from from Buffalo, from Columbus, from Detroit. Anybody who, who has watched CBC in America, love, including myself, Saturday night's first period intermission, we all listened to Don. And Don would always talk about like stories about players. He would talk about what's happening in the game. And he would also make mention of like the veterans and the in leadership. And he's been in the United States and he's played in the United States with Hershey and with, with Syracuse. Why not? Why not sign Don Cherry? So TBS, Turner Sports, make it happen. Sign Don Cherry to a contract. That's what I would like to see. Looking at the standings, going into tonight's play, let's take a look at it. We have three teams that have clinched in the central division. The three teams are as follows. The number one seed is... Number one in first place is the Carolina Hurricanes. 49 games played. They're 32-10-7 with 71 points. Florida is in second spot. They have played 51 games. They're 32-14-5 with 69 points. Tampa Bay holding the third spot at 49 games played. They're 33-14-2 with 68 points. Nashville is the fourth spot right now. At 51 games played, they're 27-22-2 with 56 points. On the outside looking in are the Dallas Stars at 49 games played. They're 21, 16, and 2 with 54 points. Chicago, 49 games played. They're at 500, 22, 22, and 5 with 49 points. Detroit and head of Columbus. They have played 51 games. They're 17, 25, and 9 with 43 points. Columbus, 51 games played. They're 16, 25, and 10 with 40 
two points in last place in the Central Division. In the Scotiabank North, it is one team that has only clinched, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are 49 games played. They're 31, 13, and 5 with 67 points. Edmonton, 47 games played. They're 29, 16, and 2 with 60 points. Winnipeg holding strong in the third spot at 49 games played, 27, 19, and 3 with 57 points. Montreal holding the fourth spot. Looks like they're going to win the clinch of division, uh, clinch a playoff spot as well. 48 games played. They're 21, 18, and 9 with 51 points. On the outside looking in, Calgary, 48 games played, 21, 24, and 3 with 45 points. Uh, Ottawa, 50 games played, 19, 27, and 4 with 42 points. And the Vancouver Canucks, 43 games played. They're 19, 21, and 3 with 41 points. And the Mass Mutual East during Conference Eastern Division. It's what it looks like. Washington holding strong in first spot at 49 games played. They're 32, 13, and 4 with 68 points. Pittsburgh is in second spot. 50 games played. They're 32, 15, and 3 with 67 points. The Islanders in third spot. 49 games played. They're 29, 15, and 5 with 63 points. Boston holding the fourth spot right now. 48 games played. They're 28, 14, and 6 with 62 points. On the outside looking in are the New York Rangers at 50 games played. They're 26, 18, and 6 with 58 points. The Flyers are 49 games played. They are 22-20-7 with 51 points. And it looks like, like I said, Carter Hart out for the rest of the season. The Devils, 49 games played. They're 15-27-7 with 37 points. And Buffalo holding the final spot in the last spot. And looks like they will get the number one overall draft pick. 50 games played. They're 13-30-7 with 33 points. In the Honda West, three teams have clinched. And they are in first place right now are the Vegas Golden Knights. 48 games played. They're 35-11-2 with 72 points. Colorado holding the second spot. 47 games played. 31-12-4 with 66 points. Minnesota, the other team. 48 games played, 31, 14, and 3 with 65 points. And the fourth spot right now are the St. Louis Blues at 47, 22, and 9, and 6 with 50 points. On the outside looking in, Arizona is right there. They're catching up. 50 games played, 21, 24, and 5 with 47 points. Uh, San Jose, 49 games played, they're 20, 24, and 5 with 45 points. The Kings are 47 games played, 18, 23, and 6 with 42 points. And the Anaheim Ducks, 50 games played. They're 15, 28, and 7 with 37 points. Games in tonight's action look like this on this Thursday, the 29th of April. 7.30 puck drop. Vancouver is in Toronto. 7.30 puck drop for that one. 8 o'clock sees the Florida Panthers in Chicago, the Battle of the Blackhawks. 7 o'clock, Dallas is in Tampa, the Battle of the Lightning. 7 o'clock, Buffalo is in Boston. Philadelphia travels to Jersey, the Battle of the Devils at 7 o'clock. The Islanders are in MSG, the Battle of the Rangers, 7 o'clock, a great matchup right here. Pittsburgh is in Washington, the Battle of the Capitals. Detroit travels to Carolina, the Battle of the Hurricanes, 7 o'clock for that one. 8 o'clock sees the Blues taking on the Minnesota Wild. And at 9 are the Calgary Flames in Edmonton to battle the Oilers. So that is all the news and notes, of course. Uh, make mention as well the possibility of clinches for tonight. Like we mentioned before, uh, the Capitals can clinch a playoff for today if they defeat the Penguins and the Islanders defeat the New York Rangers or they get at least one point against the Penguins and the Islanders defeat the Rangers in regulation. The Penguins can clinch with a berth with a win over the Capitals and an Islanders loss 
to the Rangers in regulation. That is your clinchers tonight, and this is all Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Leaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in to the podcast tonight. And let's talk about what's happening in Northeast Ohio tonight. The 2021 NFL Draft. You'll hear my predictions starting now. And we begin the journey to the new season of the National Football League. It starts tonight in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, the NFL Draft has arrived in Cleveland on the factory shores of Sadness. That is First Energy Stadium. You're going to be hearing Goodell, a good-sized crowd on hand. Everybody's socially distancing, of course. Uh, Masks being worn. And uh, it is truly, truly great to see the NFL coming back on a grand stage. Last year's NFL draft was all done virtually, of course. This year... We have crowds. We're going to have a fan experience and everything like that. Just looking forward to being with all of you as we celebrate the return of the National Football League. Now let's take a look. Everybody's got mock headlines and mock drafts. I I made one myself. So... uh, Here is who I think is going to go number one overall. We'll go through the top 32 picks going into tonight's draft. First round overall, the number one overall selection goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, led by head coach Urban Meyer. He's going to pick Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence goes number one. The number two pick goes to the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And they get the quarterback that they're looking for in Zach Wilson. He'll go number two overall. The number three overall pick is where I think the draft will change, my friends. San Francisco, I think, is going to be trading Jimmy Garoppolo sooner than later. And they're going to get the man that they want the most. And that man right there is Mac Jones. Mac Jones goes number three overall. Number four overall goes to San Francisco and Mac Jones. Number four is the Atlanta Falcons. I think Matt Ryan is going to be headed towards the end of his career. And I think a kid's coming home, my friends. And that is going to be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields goes for number four overall in the draft. This, this year, I think Kyle Pitts will go fifth overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. Number six overall, I think goes to the it goes to the Miami Dolphins. I think Devontae Smith from Alabama goes to number six, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Now the seventh pick belongs to the Detroit Lions. Now Jared Goff is the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. You would want to go with somebody that's going to be reliable and help them out. And I think Jalen Waddle is the man to go with. I think the Lions will go with number seven, and they'll go with Jalen Waddle overall. Number eight overall is going to be the Carolina Panthers. I think it will be 
Trey Lance going eighth overall. Number ninth overall goes is the Denver Broncos. I think it is going to be uh, a name that's going to be moving up in the in the draft. I think it might see is Rashawn Slater going to the Denver Broncos. Tenth overall is the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's going to be Patrick Sutherland the third. He's going to be going to the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys need some leadership in that aspect. I think he can provide it for them. Number 11th is the New York Giants. I think the G-Men will take Mikhail Parsons, I think, overall. Number 12th is the Philadelphia E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. I think they'll get Cam Farley going 12th overall. Number 13th. It is the it is the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Jalen Phillips will go in that realm. Uh, I think uh, I think Kyle Pitts will fall into the fourth into the fifteenth spot with the Patriots. Uh, Jalen Phillips goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think Jance Horn goes sixteenth overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Seventeenth are the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it is Christian Deshaun going 17th overall. I think Kaylee Payne goes 18th overall, getting the second pick for the Miami Dolphins in the first round of the draft. I also like uh, for the Chicago Bears. Dot Bears, 20th overall. I think it's going to be Trevon Jenkson. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens later on in the draft. And everybody's asking me who the Browns take at 26. I think Christian Bearhorn is a good choice. I really do. I think he's a good pick for that. Uh, other notable teams going forward into the draft. I think at, uh, at 27 is Baltimore. I think Joe Tyron. It's gonna go twenty seventh overall, I think, for the for the Bills. I think Jalen, Jason Owen, thirtieth overall, and then uh, for Kansas City is Rashad Bateman, thirty first overall, number thirty two overall. I think La Vandertuck will go thirty second overall. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and who will get their name called starting tonight right here on. This the first round of the NFL draft. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, and that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight as we will now head into the final segment of all ADL for tonight right here. It is time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants. And before we begin, I want to say thank you to you, the listener, for tuning into the show tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We'll be doing two shows next week on Tuesday, post-game of opening day for the Toledo Mudhens. Uh, and then also on Thursday evening for the recap of what happened Wednesday night at Nationwide Arena as well as what's happening in the sports world the rest of the week. 
Uh, Tuesday night is mostly going to be a focus of the opening day festivities from the Mudhens' perspective. And we'll also dive more into baseball on that. We'll talk about the Tigers' recap of them playing this upcoming weekend in the Bronx, the Indians in the south side of Chicago, and the Reds hosting the Cubbies. Um, but speaking of the Tigers, I want to talk about the Tigers tonight on Andy Rants. And I'm more or less frustrated with the Tigers, especially their 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 spring train. I'm more messed with the Mud Hens in the spring training games in Toledo. Uh, this past Monday, the Tigers finished their final game at Fifth Third Field. They welcomed in the Cleveland Indians to per, to Fifth Third Field for an exhibition game, and it was a simulated game. Of course, the Game ended in a 0-0 draw, but the thing is, there were no fans allowed at this game this past Monday afternoon. It was a 2-10 first pitch. Now, I I want to say this to you fans. You deserve at every opportunity to listen and to go to as many games as possibly can, and especially against teams that you like. I mean, we're looking in this area – you're either a Tigers or an Indians fan. You're either an Ohio State or Michigan fan. You're either a Red Wing fan or you're a Blue Jacket fan. Um, or you're some sort of affiliation of the NHL team. Or you're, a all, you're an all Toledo sports fan. You like the Walleye and the, like the Mud Hens. And that's a fine. That's fine. But to have the opportunity to you know honestly make a few dollars for the Mud Hens to have and have the Indians in town. Some of the best prospects for the Indians going forward that you'll see against Columbus. And that's what it was. It was the Columbus Clippers basically coming into fifth third field to take on the Mud Hens or the Detroit Tiger prospects. And Monday, the opportunity to go see that would have been great. And it was a great day. It was sunny. It was warm. It was comfortable. You know, and the Mud Hens failed to capture that. Now, nobody wants to see them play see them play the Pirates four days in a row. You should have them play the teams that are going to be local. I know Indianapolis is the f- site for for the Pirates. I know Louisville was the site for the Reds. I know that South Bend is where the Cubs were located at. So that's close by and then Columbus is where the location for the for the Indians prospects. And I say this very, very generously. I think that the I think they got it wrong. I think they should have had fans for that game alone. It could have been a staffing situation. I understand that, but the fact is that they should have had they should have had the gates open for fans for that game on Monday afternoon when the Indians played the Tigers. And it is just plain and simple. You know, if you want to make money. And make and there was a lot of people that were apparently what I was hearing. There were a lot of people standing outside seeing that, and they were very upset by that. And uh, you know, you know, I, I I had the opportunity many of times to walk around the ballpark during my lunch hour when I'm working at my other job and collect baseballs and you know talk to the workers and they're watching. They watch the games on their when they have time between between waiting for shipments to come in as they're rebuilding Seagate Center. And they were kind of frustrated and upset that that game was not going to be allowed for fans because they love seeing that ballpark filled with people and hearing the crowd and hearing the cheers and everything like that. And the fans, 
that's what that's what we all want. We wanted to be there to watch and witness something, you know, and we didn't get that opportunity last year, so why couldn't we capture that this year with with this exhibition game? And and I'll say this too, I'm kind of mad too that finding out that the Columbus Clippers are doing exhibition games with the Tigers and with the with the Reds and everything like that. And they're charging five dollars for all seats. Well the Mudhens were charging ten. If you could charge if you're charging double, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But you know, I'm just glad that, you know, we got the opportunity to see baseball in Toledo and we're gonna have baseball back in Toledo with the Mudhen opening day this upcoming Tuesday. 631st pitch. We'll have a special post game edition of all Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. Now we get to one of the big issues that's happening so far in this country right now, and that is lack of workers. I'm going to say this really carefully. I'm going to walk around this landmine very, very closely. You know, working in food services in my lifetime, you know, I understand that it's, it's a difficult job, and I understand it's hard. And I'll, I'll say this to you people that criticize food workers and everything, that's going on right now and criticize that businesses that are closed when they should be open for restaurants don't understand the pain that it is to deal with the regular customers with regarding a food. I know it's a, it's a hard, it is somewhat of a hard job when you have something special that needs to be done. Cause I worked in the pizza business. I worked in the pizza business for eight years for two terms of a white house run. And I just, I just could not, I could not, t- I, I, I was I was frustrated. I was angry at some points of my of my career, but you know, at the same time too, I just I had to deal with it. I had to suck it up, and especially now with this coronavirus that's happening right now, you're seeing a lot of businesses not opening for lunch or not allowing people to you know are are close early, are closing early because they're short staff. And to those people that complain about that, there's nobody to blame but yourself because you have the opportunity to go and make it work, you know, and go and work. Make the extra money for yourself, you know. And to the 16 and 17-year-old that's looking for a job, this is a great opportunity to get your foot in the door, getting some experience before you go to college and you have to go and ask for, you you know, what's available out there, you know, and... Getting some callus is put down on yourself of what happens in retail, what happens in food services, what happens in life is very, very key. It's very, very key in this world. So I just say to those that are complaining about food and food services, you know, take a look at the mirror. Do you really need that extra whipped cream and caramel on top of your ice cap? Do you really need that? And that... I'll, I'll, I'll share my story. I'm not, I wasn't going to share it, but I will share it. On Tuesday mornings, I go over to the Tim Hortons over here in Oregon, and I go get a cup of coffee in the morning and to get my day going because, well, the Reds were playing against the Dodgers, and I wanted to stay up late and watch it, so I needed coffee. I walk into Tim Hortons, and there's one lady running the counter. I don't know her name off the top of my head, but she, you know, you know, she's struggling, you know, because she's the only one running the counter. they got four people running the drive-through thing and they're pushing the drive-through people more quicker than she is unfortunately and so i i got a small ice cap and a uh, chocolate dip donut and i was having a little tra- hard time paying for you know 
paying for everything, getting everything all out and paying for it. So she waits on the next person, which is uh, a lady. She asks for a, a caramel ice cap and then a honey curler. So she gets the donut for the lady, and then she goes and makes the ice cap for the lady. And then she comes back to me to ring out, and then the lady on the other side is is complaining. She's complaining that, you know, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. This is supposed to have whipped cream and caramel on it. Where's the whipped cream? Where's the caramel? What is this? And so the lady goes and gets the whipped cream out and pours the whipped cream into there. And she's like, it's supposed to have caramel on top of it. And she gets the caramel bottle and she drizzles the caramel over the top of it. And then the lady says, well, I don't want it. I want my money back. I want my money back. I looked at her and I said it, I said it out loud. And I looked at her straight in the face and said, you bitch. And I just, and she looked at me and I looked at her right back and I just shook my head. And I turned to the lady who finished paying me out and I gave her a $2 tip and I said, it's just only going to get better, honey. Just take it one day at a time. And I walked out and to that person who was complaining about not having whipped cream and caramel on it, do you really need it? You look like, you look like a walrus anyway. So don't, don't make any mention of that. But it, 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 it's just not necessary. It really is not necessary to be rude to those people. They're, they're, they're trying their best. They're doing the best that they can for what they have, okay? And to complain about that, about whipped cream and caramel on top of an ice cap and making that woman feel so bad about herself, I think I, to that woman who did that, I say for shame, for shame. Step behind the counter and actually do some work instead of instead of complaining about it, okay, honey? Instead of probably using using the system like you usually do and you know, that's just plain and simple. Plain and simple. It got me really fired up Tuesday. I was I was furious. I was furious. It's one of the few times I was like really, really mad and and I had to go into my other job and work. And I was I just kept talking about it all day. And I just couldn't believe it. And to those people that complain about it, you know, you should be ashamed. And she should be, you know. It's like there's a few things I will never do. One, I will never order for food from a place that's about ready to close for the evening. Because I think that's wrong for the, for the workers to, that are cleaning up for the morning shift people to have to make your order. You should never, ever, 15 minutes, or excuse me, 30 minutes to close, don't order anything. Don't. If you can't, if you if you need it, if you, if you desperately need something, make it yourself. It's better to make it yourself so you know what's in it. Okay, that's number one. Number two, understand what how that worker is feeling because they have been busting their ass probably through the whole entire dinner shift through their whole through getting a little bit of a break and then they got to clean and get ready for the next shift to come in the next day so putting caramel and 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 to ridicule that person who's only the only one running that you should be for shamed absolutely shame and it's like you actually need that caramel and not caramel on and whip topping on top of that ice cap. You should be for shamed. 
So that's Andy Rance tonight. I didn't really want to go that deep into it, but I had to. Plain and simple. So we will be back on Tuesday for a special version of All Andy Alford, the post-game edition as the Mud Hens bow Nashville. 631st pitch for that one. If you've got tickets for the ball game, let me know. Take a picture, send it on our Twitter account, which is at AllAndyElford, or on Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. And uh, tell me how you feel for opening day. And uh, we'll have a poll question up today, up after we post this show tonight. Uh, the Thursday question will be, how do you feel about the draft? And then the Friday question is, with opening day starting up, what is the first food item that you look forward to coming back to Fifth Third Field? For me, it will be the Philly cheesesteak nachos. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully they still have that on the menu. Either that or the 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 one burger that they have. I forget it off the top of my head, but it has the onion rings on top of it, and I always take it take the bistro sauce off of it. Excuse me. And ask for barbecue sauce because it's a barbecue bacon onion ring burger. It's really really good. Um, with some fries and a nice cold Budweiser. Can't wait for opening day. Cannot wait. Tuesday, six thirty. Mud Hens, Nashville. Until I talk to you on Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alford. By the way, congratulations to Brooke Henderson, front of All Andy Alford, winning the LPGA event over across the pond. Congratulations to you, Brooke, as we get ready for the Marathon Classic coming up in July and the Solheim Cup in September. So I am Andy Elford. I hope you enjoyed this broadcast tonight right here. Remember, follow us on Twitter. It is at allandyelford and on facebook.com slash allandyelford. Until I talk to you on Tuesday, this is Andy Elford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home and to my teams. Go Jackets, even though that this season's done. Go Tigers. Go Reds. Go Tribe. And let's go Hens. Let's go Falcons. And congratulations, Brooke. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great rest of the week, everybody. I will talk to you Tuesday night, a special post-game version of All Andy Elford, recapping Mutt Hens opening day. Love you. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Leaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. Facebook.com slash All Andy Elford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.